Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you for joining us today. We are live on a Thursday night. The Game Awards are currently happening. And just so you know, if you are joining us live, uh, we're going to be doing a live reaction to the footage for Jedi Survivor. Uh, if you are an audio listener listening on your favorite podcast app, first of all, thank you. Um, just so you know that this that reaction will be uh, exclusively on our YouTube channel. So go to youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. And when I as I bring that up, just make sure everyone, whether you're joining us live now. Thank you, by the way. Hello, you, all of you. Hello. Um, or listening on podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the new, new channel because we really are trying to get that up to that 1000 subscriber milestone. Uh, so if you are watching now live, make sure you're subscribed, of course, like the video, leave comments and enjoy yourselves in the chat. And uh, whether you're listening or watching, just have a good time because we have a great show today. We're going to talk about the latest Star Wars news uh, and uh, have a good time as we always do. And with me, as always, is James and Lacey. So, um, Lacey, you got the Christmas stuff up. I see the lights back there. It looks like uh, mm-hmm. Who is is that? What happened to your other Grogu? Did he get put on uh, like in a box somewhere? What's happening? So Grogu has disappeared because my daughter took him, and he now lives in her playpen downstairs. Mm. Their buddies and Mm -hmm. uh, is her her toy now. So it's happened. Mm. People asked before I had a baby if my toys would go to the baby. Um, Mm. It's happened, and I didn't even force it. She did it all on her own. She came into the (laughs) office, pointed at it, wanted it, and then it became hers. So he's downstairs, but I still have BB-8, and I have a pink Christmas tree. I'm trying to – I'm pointing backwards. Christmas tree here, which has Grogu on it. Um, I do have another Mando ornament that is not on it yet, but there's like Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, Stormtrooper. I have Kylo Kylo Ren in a holiday sweater here, which is hilarious. And then Christmas lights (laughs) in the background. There is a lot going on there. James, uh, the noble worker that he is, is doing some behind the scenes stuff as he's here. So um, just want to say, uh, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right? Yeah, I am always working. I think like for the <laughs> more recently as we've switched. You're watching over to soccer. Channel, I know it. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, we just uh, lost the, oh, we are headed home, guys. <laughs> the gold cup is over. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm always, uh, ever since we switched over to the channel, I'm always like, or to the new channel, I'm always like focused on this other thing, like constantly doing things yeah. for uh, for the show. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so we're, we're going to keep our eye on those game awards. James is going to keep uh, his right eye on those and his left eye on us. And uh, we are going to um, react to that live here if you're watching live. But again, if you're listening to I was going to say, audio, James, do you have the ability to do that, to do that? The googly eye? <laughs> no. The Steve Buscemi from uh, Could you Mr. imagine G? if he could just do that? Like if he just all of a sudden was like, got it. Yeah. yeah. I can do the opposite. I could keep my left eye looking right and my right eye looking left by crossing my eyes. But Cross eyes, yeah. 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 Um, all right. Let us get this show on the road. Um, looks like the chat is already partying away, which is great. Um, so thank you to everyone who has joined us. A lot of news to get into here. So, uh, James, why don't we get into this little thing we call the Resistance Report? It's the Resistance Report. 
Now, I don't know who's been paying attention to the news uh, this week, but if you are a fan of superhero films or fall into that bubble of Marvel and DC, you probably saw that Wonder Woman 3. Uh, I don't know how to put this. You know, I guess you could say it was scrapped by DC, but it's it's one of those Reportedly. things where reportedly they are not moving forward with what would have been wonder woman three. Um, now there's a lot going into that as far as like what you can look at when it comes to James Gunn and what he said. And he said, Hey, we have a lot of stuff. We have a good brain trust over here. So just follow us on what we're doing with this. So it might not be the last we see of wonder woman, the character, but, um, but it looks like as of now, that movie is scrapped. Uh, even though, uh, I, did I hear this correctly? Patty Jenkins did already turn in a script and things were she did. working towards making that happen. So yeah, if that movie is not happening, our first story is what else is Patty Jenkins doing now is what does this mean for Rogue Squadron, which was uh, kind of off the shelf because there was scheduling conflicts and clashes and she was busy doing these other things and she had that uh, as first dibs kind of thing. And so what does this mean now for Rogue Squadron? Uh, I guess we'll start. Actually, you want to start, Lacey, this one? Because um, I know you're probably more passionate about the whole Wonder Woman thing. Yeah, I, I'm going to be completely honest. So I saw the first one a billion times. I own it. I love it. The second one I didn't see because it was on HBO, HBO Max or whatever that service is that I don't have. Um, it came out during 2020, right? 2020, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't go yeah. to the movie theater at the time because it was just like, I don't know, sketchy to go to the movie theater uh, with COVID and everything. So I, ne I never saw it. I just didn't get around to it. And then I'm sure everybody has those lists of things they want to watch and it just kind of slowly, slowly slips to the bottom. So I haven't seen the second one, mm -hmm. 1984, um, but I know you guys have and you have told me before that you didn't really like it. And I trust your judgment. We talk multiple hours every week about movies and stuff and we similar have similar interests here and there about obviously what we like and don't like about Star Wars. So I'm sure that bleeds over to other things as well. Um, and so I haven't seen the second one but I've heard overwhelmingly from everyone, including my family members and that have seen it, that they didn't like it. That being said, Wonder Woman as a character is super important to me. Um, and the first movie alone, like that scene where she's crossing kind of the field in World War II, it's just like mm -hmm. crazy emotional for me in the movie theater because I was like, I've never seen this before where a woman just kind of like is takes that, that on and is- No Man's Land or Dead Man? Yes, No Man's Land, I think, yeah. Um, and I think that's the name of the song, too, on the soundtrack, actually, because I was, like, really into the soundtrack when it came out. Um, so, you know, based on that, I was the one on this podcast when we had a question of, like, what director do you want to see do a Star Wars movie? I was the first person to be like, Patty Jenkins, absolutely, 100%. Um, and when she announced herself for Rogue Squadron with that amazing kind of Top Gun-esque video, the three of us were pumped. We were so excited mm -hmm. that this was happening and it was so well done and it was just like really cool and different. And we thought that, hey, that probably would have been shown at Celebration as like this big pop moment of energy and craziness and excitement. Um, so it kind of sucks that that didn't happen. But now after it's gotten pretty much removed from development. And then you're hearing this. All I can think is I feel really bad for Patty Jenkins because I feel like she's having a very bad year. 
Um, and I don't think she's not capable of doing amazing things. We've seen her do amazing things with Wonder Woman 1 and 2, if you like, 1984. I, it just makes me sad because it's, it's, I read the article about um, James Gunn and uh, Peter Safra is his name, I believe, going to Aspen, Colorado to like rethink DC's movies. And I was like, wow, first of all, I'd love to go to Aspen, Colorado to have meetings and just like chill out and talk about like, what, what movie should we make? Like, what a, what a <laughs> life to live. Um, but to hear that, I think she's having a really tough year, but I don't think that that means that Rogue Squadron's coming back. I would hope that Lucasfilm would call her and be like, hey, we hear you're now free. Let's chat again. But I don't know if that would happen right now. It, it just kind of feels to me, there's like this overwhelming sense from Disney and Marvel and Lucasfilm and WB and like all these kind of entertainment companies, whether it's Netflix, whatever. They're really pivoting. They're pivoting their plans moving forward for like what movies they're making, what shows they're making, when things are coming out, um, I mean, Bad Batch trailer on the Star Wars website says fall 2022 on it. Uh, why wouldn't you remove that <laughs> before putting it up there? Uh, <laughs> but it just feels like everybody's kind of shifting their plans. And I don't know if it's a good thing for fans or a bad thing for fans yet. And I don't think we're going to see those repercussions for at least a year or two. Makes me sad though. Okay. I don't. I don't envy James Gunn and Peter Safra's position right now. Aside from the money they're making being CEOs of DC, but right, and also being well, creatives, executives in a creative space is people are going to take it personally. People aren't just saying like, "Oh, this is a job. That's it." Like you're talking about someone that put their heart and soul into even a creative brief, like what this character is, what's going to happen. That's a very personal thing. Just like we, it's personal on our end to watch it and take it in as media. So, yeah, I, I, John, you're right. Like I don't envy James Gunn in the situation. I wouldn't want to be in that position, <clears throat> but if I was, if I was James Gunn, I would look at this as an opportunity to be DC's Kevin Feige. That, well, he is essentially, I mean, he is right now, but he's not yet. Let's, let's be honest. So if he steers the ship, corrects everything, and gets DC on that path that is like that connected thing that he has said, uh, he said publicly, he's not looking at, um, what did he say? Oh, he's not looking at Marvel. He's looking at Star Wars. He goes, he wants to do with DC what Star Wars is doing where everything's connected and all one thing. If he can get that going, then he's DC's Kevin Feige. Well, he is DC's yeah. Kevin Feige. He, he just is, hasn't done it yet. I know. Well, yeah, but he could fail horribly. But he's he in the same like job, is movie. what I'm saying. He has he the is, same correct. role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was trying um, to say. Yes. No, I, I get that. But I'm saying he's not in spirit because you, you are not DC's Kevin Feige. No, yet. Kobe you Bryant wasn't that. Michael Jordan in 1998. We'll see what. I, I trust James Gunn. He seems like one of those guys who just always. Uh, seems to turn out good stuff like guardian well, the guardians trilogy is some of the best marvel stuff don't, don't forget too what's crazy about that is we haven't seen the third one yet but you know what i mean he well you've seen the holiday special too but like i like that too yeah and how i haven't seen that yet I have to get to War, that. which is not him but you know what i mean yeah um the 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 thing about the space that he's in right now too is that he it does currently have his fo foot in both worlds 
Like he is working for Marvel still. And yeah. also he's heading DC, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so good on him. When this comes back to uh, Patty Jenkins, I mean, <laughs> we talked about this before, but she doesn't do a lot. Um, and I don't know what that means for Rogue Squadron. Like, oh, her schedule's free. She, of course she's going to do Rogue Squadron. She might not, even though her schedule's not open. When I pull up her IMDb, she's done, she did a couple shorts, and then she did Monster, which was a huge hit and got critical acclaim for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, that was in 2003, all the way up until she did Wonder Woman in 2017. She did nothing but a few episodes of TV and a couple made for TV movies. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like that's 15 years or 14 years that she didn't do anything, which led up to wonder woman. Great movie. Right. But then she really didn't do anything. She did a couple episodes of TV leading up to wonder woman, 1984. Now she's not doing wonder woman three. So it's like, I, I, you know, what does that mean for Patty Jenkins? I, you know, her schedule is wide open. You want, you, you want you want me to keep it real right now? I don't think Patty Jenkins is all that good of a director. I I mean, have Monster, you seen Monster? Yeah, okay, and, like a long time ago. And I know like mm-hmm. Charlie Theron won the award for best actor, but I, that to me doesn't necessarily mean it's a great movie. True. Um, I. But then when I look at like the blockbuster stuff, like I did like the first Wonder Woman. And when I saw the announcement for Rogue Squadron, I was like, "That's that's cool. I love how they did this." You know, it's personal to her. I like when people really want to be here, like when it comes to like being making Star Wars and stuff like that. Wonder Woman '84, uh, I think, was really, really bad, really, really bad. And I, again, I think it's one of those things where it's like the Colin Trevorrow thing. It's like, oof, how do we get out of this one now? And the same things that we were hearing recently about she didn't want to rewrite the script for wonder woman and they had feedback on what they were looking to do. And it's all this big mess because there were other people in charge when that was happening. And now James Gunn comes in and he's tasked with like rebooting DC. And it's like having one hand in this jar over here, which is the past. And what does that mean? Is that Aquaman? Is that wonder woman? Is that Henry Cavill, Superman? And then over here, it's like the future. We got to reboot this thing. And that's really difficult to do. I, I, I don't I don't think I want Rogue Squadron anymore at this point. I don't know that I trust her as in, in a big movie like this. And there were similar talks about the rewriting of Rogue Squadron too. So my take on this is I I wish her the best and I hope she makes great movies and maybe like stuff like Monster, which is more like low budget but more um artistic based filmmaking might be more up her speed because she was able to direct someone to a best actress Oscar, which is a huge deal. Um, But even when I rewatched the first wonder woman, not that long ago, I thought some of the directing choices now that I look at it were pretty cheesy, especially on um, the Island where the goddesses are. I was like picturing like matrixy style shots of X wings. And I don't know that, especially after top gun, like, I don't know. I, I, so I like, I, I, I like the first be... Wonder Woman, except for it falls apart in the third act. And that's the only thing that, like, I don't, Look, I didn't like how that third is, act and how the movie probably, ended, but everything leading up to that, I was this like, is wow, probably, this is actually really good. This is an unpopular opinion, I'm sure. I would prefer, let's just 
do what they're planning and say, no thanks on Rogue Squadron, no thanks on Patty Jenkins, and we'll move on. No one's hurt here. They didn't make the film or anything like that. It's not a it's not a Batgirl situation where they made the film and just aren't putting it out. Let's go our separate ways. Let Patty Jenkins, like Ryan Johnson, go off, do some awesome stuff, maybe come back one day. But I think this Rogue Squadron thing is so clouded now in like negativity and doubt that coming back to that, especially after this news about Wonder Woman 3, is a bad idea for Lucasfilm, especially with their track record with movies stumbling. So I think mm-hmm. we got, they, they, I think they should, which it sounds like they're doing, is keeping, the, like, shutting that down. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts um, I see on Patty Jenkins? Mm, I mean, I, I... I pretty much said my piece. I, I don't agree with John. I think she is a good director. I think I think she killed Wonder Woman 1. Uh, I can't speak on 1984. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. Um, I liked all her choices that she made. So I was very much looking forward to her doing a Star Wars movie, and I'm disappointed that it's not happening. But I also trust that the people in charge, whether it be Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, um, James Gunn, there's a reason those people are in those positions and there's a reason why they make those choices. Um, at the end of the day, it's a business. They have to make money. And if something's not going to make money and then something's not going to do well, whether you like the person or not, it's not going to go forward. So it just sucks because there's people and characters and ideas that are tied to these things that it's painful to hear someone be like, oh yeah, she submitted a draft and then it just kind of got, thrown in the trash like because uh-huh. there's so much attached to it yeah um, but i mean that happens all the time in hollywood people no and all of those situations and... suck yeah. i'm not saying that this one hurts more than any other because mm-hmm. i'm sure over the years we know from Zack snyder as well like there have been numerous pitches to lucasfilm that just haven't gone through um mm-hmm. so yeah i i hope she ends up kind of getting back up <laughs> and, and figuring out what's next. Um, but I don't know what that is for her. I would hope that it would be like, Hey, Lucasfilm, let's rework what we're doing. But I, I think they're just going to walk away sadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to throw out too, that it, you know, this still goes back to my whole thing of like uh, the top gun Maverick comparison and, I agree you know, with you. When you said that after we watched the trailer, like we were literally walking out of the movie theater with James and he said this and I was like, ooh, yeah. It it's still it still kind of hits me that even though, it, it, so say you're Lucasfilm and you're kind of in that position, you're like, all right, we're not moving forward with it for this reason because, you know, and a big thing is she's connected with Wonder Woman 3. She's going to be busy with that. It's just not working out. Even if Wonder Woman 3 opens up, I still think you're in that position where you're like, we are Star Wars and our Star Wars movie is going to get compared to Top Gun. And it's it. it Top Gun was way, perfect. <laughs> I know. The only way we're going to be able to beat this is if we absolutely 100% knock it out of the park. Who's helming it? 1984 director Patty Jenkins, who's done three movies total. I'm, and, but, you know, I I agree with that, but Star Wars should never try to be like other things. Star Wars, other things should try to be like Star Wars. Just get people to make good Star Wars. Um, James, we have more stories, right? Yes. Um, I had to close that window, so I'm pulling it up. The next story on our list, though, is that the Mandalorian, we're talking Mandalorian. Get ready, guys, because it's coming. Oh my it's God. on yes. its way. Mandalorian season three. 
uh, is happening. And the writers of Mandalorian uh, season three have been revealed. Um, Now, where did this come out? Was this, uh, this was a uh, writer's guild uh, website, official website. So it was kind of interesting how it was. Yes. Um, Yeah, it was the uh, Writers Guild of America website. Um, though it's I'm kind of seeing... like IMDb, but just for writing credits. I could be wrong, but it looks like they may have on their site removed the list of writers. Um, but I should still. It was there earlier because I definitely read through it. It's basically John Favreau, Noah Noel, I think is his name. No, not Noah Core, I think is his name. And then there's two episodes that Dave Filoni is doing. Yeah, but the whole yeah. thing just says John Favreau, John Favreau, John Favreau, John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Right, and as it should, you know, I, I, um, this has been his thing for forever, and he, it's his creation. It was his idea. He wanted to do Boba Fett, and Kathleen Kennedy said we're already, um, actioning something with Boba Fett, and he just came up with this new idea with this brand new character, and it's his baby. So, um, I think it's, uh, it's, I think. Because a lot of TV shows, you know, you'll have your showrunners and you'll have like main writers for your first two seasons. But then if the show's a success, those writers usually get picked up or get to do their own things and they move. And a lot of times the tone and feel of a show really changes because you get different writers in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens a lot with sitcoms and stuff and uh, other series as well. So the fact that we're preserving this continuity and it's not just doing that, it's John Favreau. Um, one of the best filmmakers out there today. He can do independent films like um, uh, Swingers and Chef, uh, but then he could do big time stuff like Iron Man and, uh, you know, Elf comedy. He can do anything. He's very Which Elf wasn't a big time thing. It wasn't expected to do what it did. It wasn't expected to be, but it was. Yeah, one of Mm -hmm. the best. What's a classic now by by many accounts. Um, Noah Clore, I'll admit, I the name didn't uh, ring a bell to me. Clore. Oh, my God. I said Noel, like John Noel. And then I said Core. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's a it's a little blend. That's all right. So he (laughs) it looks like he did some writing uh, for the book of Boba Fett. And Mandalorian. Um, and the Mandalorian? I'm not seeing That's that. what I remember when I looked up his IMDb. The only big projects he's worked on is The Chef he Show with John Favreau. And then he moved over to The Book of Boba Fett. And now he does Mandalorian now. He didn't do Mandalorian before that. Right. He only yeah, did he Book did, of Boba Fett. He, he was a staff writer for The Book of Boba Fett. So I don't know And exactly he worked on The means, Chef but... Show on Netflix mm-hmm. with John Favreau. And that's how I believe John Favreau met him. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, he, he worked on Book of Boba Fett. Say what you want about that. Um, but yeah, he did. Yeah, worked on the chef show and a lot of his other stuff, um, a, a little bit under the radar. But I trust John Favreau and um, I think he's he's a loyal guy. And I, I but I don't think he'll bring in people just to be nice. He's not that kind of creator. Um, so uh, we'll see what he brings to the table. But again, you're looking at your typical uh Filoni one or two episodes right so episode four and episode seven so maybe episode seven is going to be that that sort of Ahsoka launching point and then they focus the finale back on just the Mandalorian and round out that story I think that makes a lot of sense um so but I you know 
I don't get too into the weeds on this because I don't like to give attention to negativity, but I saw a lot of people complaining about that John Favreau's, you know, doing all the main writing for his own series. I just don't understand that. Um, you yeah. know, people didn't see, you know, and people seem to have issues with all of a sudden John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And I, I just, I, I find that strange because then I, I, I can't help but think that the, the same people who are complaining about that are going to be the ones saying that they're vomiting and screaming on Twitter when the Mandalorian comes out. So it's just, these guys have made an incredible show. It, it's, it paved the way to allow things like Andor to exist because if the Mandalorian wasn't a success, they may have had to rethink the whole thing. Um, so this series will always be more special than the rest. Just how a lot of people see a new hope that way, you know, empire is my favorite star Wars movie, but if a new hope, didn't wow people. Um, George Lucas doesn't have enough money to make Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars ends with those medals at the end of the first movie. So right, this right. is a big deal. And I, I like seeing John Favreau's name all over this because he knows the story he wants to tell. You saw the clip of him at the Brazil Comic-Con. He's very passionate about this. He's He loves that the crew is behind him. They preserve the secrets. He said there's more surprises to come. When people show that they are passionate and want to be doing what they're doing in Star Wars, it means a great deal to me as a fan. And then you got Dave Filoni right there with him. Uh, they're, they're, they're an unstoppable duo, in my opinion. I'm, I'm, and this feels secure. This feels safe. I know we're getting The Mandalorian when we're getting it. It's going to be very solid, if not better than ever. And we know there's not going to be problems. And I'm really, really looking forward to stepping back into that series again. It feels like it's the right time. It's been forever since we were in the midst of that pandemic, like the heart of the pandemic when it ended with season two. And we get a little taste of it in Book of Boba Fett to get our appetites going again. And now we're finally getting Which it Which was back. everybody's favorite episode, by the way. Yeah. And it's going to be, we're going to be in London in the middle of this thing. So uh, there's going to be so much to so talk about. we're going to get about. to watch a new episode together for once. If we get, yeah, Wednesday, we're going to be there, right? So that's true. So we'll be able to do like a live. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But anyway, I'm just really, I'm really excited. I'm just so pumped about this. Um, I wanted to point out too, just so, cause I know you mentioned that uh, John Favreau had done most of the writing for his own series. He has written every episode of season one and season two, except for uh, Dave Filoni wrote the gunslinger. Uh, a handful of people wrote the prisoner. So that's episodes five and six from season one. And then he did not write The Jedi, uh, which is the Ahsoka episode in, in season two. And he did not write The Believer, uh, which is chapter 15, the episode right before the finale. Femi uh, Yuwa, right? Season two, that was Femi Yuwa, yeah. yeah. Um, so he has pretty much written, written the bulk of the series. Um, and I also wanted to point out too, um, it, I, was, I w- was absolutely wrong on Noah, but I was confused because he did write for the Book of Boba Fett, but he was additional crew for every episode of the Mandalorian. Hmm. He was not a writer. He was crew, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. He worked so, his way up. Yeah. And th- yeah. And that's like really the only thing he's done. I mean, there's a couple like random things that he, you know, like short stories he's written or whatever, but mm-hmm. you think you got that additional crew job. He did two seasons of that. Then he got bumped up to being a staff writer on the book of Boba Fett. And now he's like one of official writers, like co-writing in season three of the Mandalorian. 
dude clearly knows who to talk to and how to move his way up. And he's apparently doing a good job because people like John Favreau are starting to give him writing credit, you know? So it's like, right. And we have to consider also that he got a writing credit. It might be one idea that John Favreau used. Like that's what people have to realize. It's like, he didn't maybe write the whole episode. Maybe he added to one scene. Maybe he added a certain element. Um, But that being said, I think, you know, some of the reactions people had on this on online of who's writing this being like, oh, I wish they'd add more writers or they would do this. Like, I didn't see people saying that about Andor. I didn't see people saying that about other projects. So I'm not sure why people on a regular basis That's are saying that about John Favreau. Like, it seems like, OK, if you're going to say it one, you have to say it for all of them. Um, yeah, there were, weren't there people saying John Favreau can't write women? And then last week we see Migna Wen thanking John Favreau because she won a Saturn Award for best performance uh, in Book of Boba Fett. Like, and yeah, I think people character. pick and choose to be angry, and that's fine. I personally stand by my statement of regardless of what's come out since The Mandalorian, Mandalorian is still my favorite live action series. It is mm-hmm. some of my favorite Star Wars ever. I love the Mandalorian. It is one of my favorite, favorite things in the Star Wars galaxy. And despite what's come out after that, um, my opinion of that hasn't changed. And I think that there's definitely been kind of this conversation surrounding the Mandalorian and Andor and other things within the universe of, oh, if you like this, you can't like this. Oh, if you, that's not how it is. Um, And that being said, everything that we love about the Mandalorian, what it is, all the feelings we have about it, uh, how popular it is. You can't deny how good this story is. And that's due to John Favreau, like him sticking by what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, who he wants to do it with. Those were all his decisions along the way. He made those choices. He stood by them. And that's why that show is so successful. And if you're going to say that same kind of sentiment with ryan johnson that he stood by those choices and you love what he did with star wars there you also have to respect those with other creators like john favreau or whoever um i love that john favreau is writing every episode i love that he's still involved um i see this as his kind of brain brainchild his thing and the fact that he went to kathleen kennedy was like i want to do boba fett and they were like you can't and then he created this whole new universe for himself and and has been saying like hey this is like me playing in a sandbox with my toys people have been criticizing that i love it that's what i love about star wars i love that it's childlike i love that you're going to another world and that it's an escape that's why i love this franchise so i I guess i'm missing something because i see people being like oh well that's not what it should be about that's what i like um and i and i can't wait to see where this season's going to take us uh John Favreau can do whatever he wants in Star Wars. Same with Dave Filoni. They are absolutely perfect in my book. And I love every choice they've made so far. So I trust that they're going to make what's right for their characters. Um, And I've enjoyed everything. There's nothing that I had. The only thing I didn't like was spiders. And that's because I don't like spiders. Not because they (laughs) built them terribly. (laughs) If you're like, I couldn't handle this episode. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you, so james what do you think um I, I mean there's not much to say i as far as john favreau writing the series i'm absolutely 100 percent down with him and well, your tweet was great the return of the jedi thing that was amazing that you tweeted people got to go see your twitter account and see that clip of 
those guys doing that stuff and your point mm-hmm. about it was right on um and i mean you know you're gonna get us a, a splash of dave filoni and uh, this other stuff so i i think that the writers being who they are are absolutely fine um another thing that comes down to is like yeah you can write the show let someone write the show that's fine get that idea i mean people complain about that with the sequel trilogy as well like let one person write it or get your idea across you know whatever you want to do right, let that right. visionary be what it is and i'm then that if person you want your... i've definitely said that about the sequel trilogy let the one person tell their yeah. story yeah if you then want uh the flavor that's going to come down to when all the directors get revealed you know for season three so then we'll be like, okay, Bryce Dallas Howard's back. We're going to get that episode and stuff. That's where you're going to get your variation in style and stuff. But let the story be the story because ultimately we uh, want yeah. Mando to be on the journey that's being told by John Favreau, the creator of the character. So it's and, like, and, and Favreau's not boom. like calling in to ask people to send him dailies to look at. He is on set, hands Absolutely. in the clay. Like that's, and that's what has made, even with all the different directors, what has made Mando feel the same like you look at it and you're like that's man that's i could see that that's the mandalorian that's that's mm-hmm. what that show mm-hmm. is and just thought if you're if you call yourself a star wars fan and stuff like that like don't take this lazy thing of pitting star wars against other star wars there's plenty of other crap out there that you can say andor was better than blank and it doesn't have to be another star wars project there's a lot of crap being made today go beat up something else you don't have to like the noel diary on netflix is absolutely terrible if you want to watch it i watched it last night uh (laughs) as someone from connecticut it takes place in connecticut this guy lives in this really nice house and i was like he was like oh i live in bridgeport i was like no you do not ends up they filmed it in westport makes sense Mm -hmm. uh and i was just like okay that seems legit I did my own like terrible movie journey. Uh, It was, I was like, I had to choose. You get so many barriers and I'm like, okay, well, I can't watch something that I want to watch because I think Rachel wants to watch because she's not here. Uh, Bennett's here. You get stuck in that box. So I can't watch (laughs) something that is inappropriate for him. Okay, but it can't be something for him because I need him to focus on what he's doing or else he'll just watch TV. So it's got to be something that I'm interested in that, you know, and there was all these barriers. You know what I landed on? Hmm. Unintended or unintentional, I guess. Uh, Land of the Lost, the 2009 Will Ferrell movie. (laughs) And not good. Yeah, no, it isn't. <laughs> I was like, this is rough, and I'm okay with having missed this one. <laughs> you know what yeah. is good? Wednesday. Everyone go watch it. It is amazing. Well, I thought so about good. that, but that's I, – I, actually, I can watch it because I think my wife is watching it without me. She didn't know. I wasn't, oh. was interested. So I started, yeah, so I started it. Yeah, I put it on the background, though. i got to pay more attention to it. It's but speaking so of good, shows yeah. that I want to watch that maybe not everybody else in my family or household wants to watch – the Bad Batch is getting ready to gear up on season two, and we just got that trailer. Uh, I thought I'd, I, you know, I I did the trailer reaction. I have talked a little bit about that with you guys. I don't know if you want me to start this or what. What do you guys have yeah. to say about? Oh, go uh, ahead, man. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot. We we already saw one trailer, and this trailer to me didn't like particularly reveal anything crazy about the second season. It was a little bit more of just like. Okay. Yep. That all looks like the Bad Batch, and they since they already did that teaser uh, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. it felt like 
all those things had sort of been revealed. Like we'd seen some of the new planets, we'd seen sort of the new uh, outfits. We kind of got a vibe for where it was going. So this trailer was fine, but it, it didn't, I don't think it did anything that was like, oh my gosh. Like even in that first trailer, we got Palpatine. So when Palpatine's in this trailer, I'm like, it wasn't a big reveal or anything, you know? Yeah. So the uh, writer of Bad Batch, Jennifer Corbett, did put up a bunch mm-hmm. of tweets this week about it. And she says that uh, you're getting a two episode premiere, two episode mm-hmm. midseason, and a two episode finale. And it starts on January 4th. James, and- did you get a chance to look at any of those titles? What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I did, but only loosely. Yeah, I forgot to mention that because uh, we just talked about the writer reveals of Mandalorian Season 3. They released mm-hmm. all of the titles for every episode yeah. for Bad they Batch. They did. Like, so what? they have Spoils of War, Ruins of War, The Solitary Clone, Faster, Entombed, Tribe, The Clone Conspiracy, Truth and Consequences, The Crossing, uh, Retrieval, Metamorphosis, The Outpost, Pabu, Tipping Point, The Summit, and Plan 99, which I saw some people chatting online that Plan 99 is reversing uh, Order 66, so the 99 is flipping the 66 upside down. But uh, that's just speculation. That's not an F. Yes, that's what people are discussing online. So they were saying like, oh, you're flipping 99, or flipping 66 to 99, you're trying to like get clones back to being who they were. Possibly, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I, um, yeah. That that title to me makes it seem like this is it. Yes, it also makes me think that 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 when I saw the titles, that was one thing that I took away was that it seemed like this might be Bad Batch season two, and it's pulling like a resistance. Like this is going to be it. And uh, the other takeaway that I had from it was all of them. All of the titles seem very vague. Like it's like I don't know what that's supposed to be. The only one right. that. I will say this, watching this trailer made me sort of double down that they will get Crosshair back mm, uh, mm-hmm. as an ally. And oh. it could be that episode that's three from the end uh, that's called Tipping Point. I think the tipping point might be him, you know, having the gun point to the good guys and then he turns and kills the bad guys. And it's like, oh, okay, he finally snapped out of it. And that then would give uh, two episodes of him with the team to finish the show and finale and all that. And um, so that's, that's my only speculation on the titles that were released. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are talking about the Gungi thing. That was the big exciting moment for people from the trailer, which was in the first trailer too. Yes, it was. So it was a lot of stuff that I was like, yeah, we'd seen all this. I don't know if I like Wookiee Jedi. I don't know if I like that. Why? So let me ask you guys: Does he die? <laughs> I think he does. I think you Dave think Filoni's he dies a... in this show. I think they're about to be like, "Sorry, you're out." <laughs> <laughs> they I like to this take is... cute characters and make you feel for them, and then take them all away. <laughs> I don't know. I this this is based on really nothing except just my speculation on this, but mm-hmm. I think the purpose of this series, I, I'm not sure like how well like the first series was watched. I I'd have to like look back on that. Um, I think it was mostly received well. I think people liked it, but I also think people are ready to close the book on clones, especially this, you know, the animated thing. We've had seven seasons of clone wars, two seasons of bad batch. I think maybe, and again, it's just speculation that the purpose of um, 
the goal or whatever the the purpose of this series and this season is to end that story um, because you see Palpatine and it looks like it sounds like Ian McDiarmid is back again which is cool um, but it sounds like I, I forget what his line was but it sounded like something like to to start a new or the new plan or something like that and I, I can't help but think like that's him saying like I want to do away with all the clones and now that I have all these new uh stormtroopers or troopers or whatever like it's almost like the transition over so that the original trilogy makes sense because we don't have any clones in the original trilogy so yeah Mm -hmm. Um, we also have a couple of clones that are in rebels that they never showed they've not shown uh at any point when those those clones were snapped out of it does that make Mm -hmm. sense Right. So some of these transmissions that we see in the trailer from Rex where he's like, hey, I got a special favor to ask. It's like it, it could theoretically be that. Um, but I also want to go back to the Gunji thing because I had a random theory after I watched the trailer. And I Is said it, it in the Gunji video. or Gungi? I think it's Gungi. I think it's Gungi also. Isn't yeah. his last name Bar- Bar- Bariaga? Bariaga. 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 No, that's the high republic wookie that's the yeah, high republic yeah. wookie never mind i got <laughs> I really like, excited i was correcting the 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 way it was pronounced but i wasn't putting together that it's not even the same person <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's uh is he the one that's also buriyaga yagaburi yeah okay yep. <laughs> um i love it all right uh i don't know that they will kill him in this show but that he is alive past order 66 might line up with how they could possibly put him in Jedi survivor. Does Mm. that make sense? Maybe. So Gungi shows up in the bad batch. And then Mm -hmm. shortly after that, when Jedi survivor drops, you see Cal meet up with Gungi at some point. He's in like the that. game. You don't like that? I'm, he was also a Jedi survivor. I know I'm coming across as negative here, but it's just like the Jedi were supposed to be pretty sparse and we keep creating new Jedi around this time period and I, it sucks in my opinion. I I I don't disagree with that, but they're showing him, so I'm speculating on I his, know, the no, fact I know. That he's alive. I know, but I'm like, it's so supposed how to be like Obi-Wan in and, and make this thing. It's supposed to be like the last yeah, <laughs> and we keep creating new characters. Well, he can die like, in Jedi Survivor. My point I know, is that I he know, just isn't I dying know. in. Uh, that would that does suck though. You make a game called Jedi Survivor. You meet a Jedi who is a survivor, and then you kill him. You're gonna kill him, <laughs> and then yeah. you kill. Does him. not survive. It yeah. just comes across the screen like um, what's that car game? Blanking, the car video game. Grand Theft Auto. Still, Grand Theft Auto, where it's like wasted. Whoa. It just comes yeah. across the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Force ghost. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it. Um, I watched most of season one. I don't think I saw every episode, but um, I'm going to watch it and see how it, how it ends out. I think it's going to be fun. And it looks, it looks really good. And if Kevin Kiner is doing music for it, I think that's a, always a good thing. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Kiner is right. awesome. John, do you want to take us into the next section? Cause that's the end of the resistance report this week. I'm going to, Hand this over to Lacey. I think Lacey's going to uh, pop her will of the fourth cherry. 
<laughs> all right, Lacey. I refuse to take the segment after you just said that. Uh, no. Mm-mm. All right. Well, all right, then... guys, it is time for Will of the Force. <laughs> yeah. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Right. All right. So this is the part of the show where we have questions. We ask each other why well, ask the group questions will, will not, and our answers have to have will or will not in them. Um, and we go into why. So this week we actually have some awesome submissions from our Patreon. So really quick, I'm going to plug a little bit. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, you want to support the resistance broadcast us loving star wars talking about other things in pop culture and everything that's to come for seemingly the rest of this year which is only a couple of weeks oh my gosh uh into next year which is tons of star wars content and much more you can have head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at just five dollars a month you get to take part in the community there which we have a lot of those people in the chat as well um and we have a Discord server, exclusive content, live streams, Q&As, and much, much more. So as part of this show, we let them take part in the show. And before that, I'm also going to thank a couple other people <laughs> before we get to the actual questions. Um, so we have some top tiers too, our generals and our spice runners that get thanked in the show. So we want to give those thanks to those people. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Chris uh Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Mori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Bra- uh, Paul Sullivan, and Aaron Ellington, which I see a bunch of those people in chat. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, and then we have some of our spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, who's in the chat. Dave Hornack, saw you in there, Indy Dave, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much for being part of the uh, Patreon community and a part of what we do here. We're really excited to have you. Um, so getting into this, we do have our submission starting at just five bucks. Like I said, you get to be a part of the show and ty- kind of like determine what we talk about, which is really cool. So we're going to kick it off with a Patreon submission from Commander Joey Sack. What's up, Joey? He asks, will Grogu speak in season three of The Mandalorian? So I'm going to start with John. Your thoughts? I thought he was going to last season. So I think I have to say yes at this point until it happens. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think he is. Um, and I don't know if he, it's going to, you know, be like um, how Mando speaks, like basic, or if he's going to like pull out his own language here. But because uh, the only two of other Yaddle versions we have speak. are Yaddle and yeah, Yoda. Yeah, like Yaddle Yoda. speaks normal basic. She sounds she a lot like, like Bryce Dallas Howard. She sounds a lot like her, actually, yeah. But then yeah. Um, Yoda obviously has his way of speaking, but also basic. So uh, I think he is. I think it's time. I think maybe they... I, I hate to say this, but maybe they've run the well dry on, on Grogu toys, and the, the next logical choice is Grogu that speaks toy for next Christmas. Mm. So I think it's time. I think Grogu's going to speak. Maybe that's one of the surprises John Favreau's alluding to. Maybe it's at the end of the series like a silent bob just has like a moment but i think i can only support disney so much with all my grogu purchases (laughs) james what are your thoughts um i agree with john that i i think i was saying he was not gonna speak in season two uh but 
now the time has come, I think. <laughs> and I think you have good <laughs> logic there on the toys as well. Um, I do think we're finally going to get to that point where Gogu says something or will have been talking for a little bit. It might be a surprise. And then we're just like used to him saying sentences throughout this season. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? But, um, but I think they want to keep that character fresh. So having it be Baby Yoda for a season, then revealing his name, then revealing that he can walk, you know, and move yeah. more on his own in Book of Boba Fett. Then mm-hmm. we start to get to he's talking. Like, I think this is a logical progression because I don't know what comes next after the steps I just gave. So, yes. Awesome. I'm going to agree with these guys. I think Grogu will speak in this uh, season, even if it's one word. I think he's going to say something like Mando, dad, I don't know, <laughs> something. Because <Dad. laughs> there's only so yeah. many noises he can make that are baby noises, you know, and I think we are all getting excited for him to actually speak. Although I have to say the little Grogu puppet that they animatronic puppet that they have in Disneyland right now is awesome. And it just makes noise. Yeah. That's all it does. And it's still perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next up, we have a Patreon submission from Spice Runner, Ryan Wara. What up, Ryan? I think you're in the chat. Um, he says, will we see Mad Mardigan again appear in Willow? They easily <laughs> have had uh, said he died, but specifically didn't, thinking face. So this Good is point. a little outside Star Wars, but we're heading into Lucasfilm still. Uh, and the three of us have watched most of the willow series so far but we won't try to uh, any spoilers here so based on what we've seen so far from episode one two and three do we think mad mardigan will appear in in willow who it's tough tough to say either or i'm looking at james because he's making a funny face yeah john go for it (laughs) i'm saying yes i i think i they clearly made it so that he they didn't say he like died and it's you know we hear his voice but i think that was more of like it's sort of like this dark side conjuring trying to lure them um when did we I see think, his voice it didn't happen yet uh in the flashbacks we see him in the flashbacks from yes. the movie yeah okay <laughs> i think uh we will without a doubt see a cameo of mad Mardigan. i think they'll use the magic of ilm um, we know what they were able to do with the Val documentary using Val Kilmer's son's voice to be uh, to speak his words that he wrote himself. Um, and he's been showing his support from the sidelines saying like rooting for Willow and stuff, which I think is really cool. And uh, I just think you got to, I, I don't know that he's going to be an integral thing, but being that he's Kit, you know, Kit's father and all that stuff. And, and he, he, he was part of protecting Alora in the first movie and, um, all of that, and they allude to all the decisions he made between Willow and this series, which is also called Willow. Um, I think we will. I, I think I think he's going to show up at some point. I just I got it. It's got to be an ILM, uh, a magical moment from ILM, like they did with uh, you know like Luke Skywalker. So I think anything's possible nowadays, and it would just feel weird if he wasn't. Not saying you know he's as precious as a Luke Skywalker or something, but I think to Willow. He is like the Han Solo of Willow, even though they're they're trying it with Borman and other people. Uh, you got to go OG sometimes. So I, I hope he gets at least some sort of um, cameo or appearance or something. James? Mm. Yeah, you are convincing me, John. My initial argument is no. And... But there is there there's you brought up a lot of good points, and I think the biggest point is probably uh, what Ryan said in the question that, you know, 
they could have said that he died, but they specifically said that he did not. Um, that's tough. That's tough to argue against. But I think my biggest thing is like, I know that he was in Maverick, but Val Kilmer is not like showing up for stuff. You know what I mean? And that this movie and everything that it was with, with that Maverick and all that, that's, that's a time to come back. And I don't necessarily know that Val Kilmer is wanting to make his return or anything like that. It could be a special effect and that's fine if they do it. I'm totally basing this on Val Kilmer, the actor right now. And I just don't think it's in the cards. Yeah. I'm going to agree with James on this one. I don't think he's going to appear. I think if we're talking appear as in flashbacks, probably, but I don't think he'll appear himself in Willow. I think that by him making the social posts of like, hey, I support Willow with old photos of him doing Willow, um, is him basically saying, hey, I'm not in it, but I support what they did. I saw mm-hmm. that as like the trickery, like the bait and switch. Like, let me say uh, no. this. I'm saying I'm, I'm seeing it as genuine because it seems like Val Kilmer's a pretty genuine person. I mean, oh, the, genuine still, he can still yeah. support it and be genuine, but I know, but I don't yeah. think he's being sneaky is what I'm saying. I, 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 th- I mean, I think the person that says that he's still alive or that he's not dead is known for being a trickery, trickery character. So <laughs> right, mm. right. What's next? next is a submission from commander Charles a, Hey Charles. He said, will Omega and Bo- uh, Boba Fett ever cross paths in live action? This is a good that question. Was weird it's actually how it crossed came- over. <laughs> so you said Willow Mega. Oh, weird. Um, this is a great question, Charles. We actually asked this to ourselves going into Book of Boba Fett and it didn't happen. So I'm going to start with James. James, what are your thoughts? I do not think it will happen. Um, I think that if Boba Fett and Omega are to me, it will be in animation or it will be in some other story because as soon as they bring it into live action, I mean, it's possible. We kicked it around with, like Lacey said, Boba Fett season two, or yeah, Boba Fett season one. It was like the third iteration. Mando 2.5. Yeah, yeah, that thing. Um, But I just don't think there makes a lot of sense to bring (laughs) Omega into live action just specifically to to say, tell the story of how it's like his sister from this other show that you probably haven't seen because it's this kid show or whatever, you know? Right. It's like, I know that everything's connected, but unless they really want that to be the plot, and I thought that would be great for book, the book of Boba Fett, right? Oh, explain it. Yes, that'd be awesome. But they didn't. So now it feels like a subplot and it's not really important to who he is now. Um, I'm going to say no, not in live action. John? I agree um, because of the book of Boba Fett um, sort of like what you're saying, James, like they gave us the build back up to Boba and where he was and all that stuff. And then you would have to like inject Omega into the story after. Um, and it doesn't seem like that would make too much sense. So I, I don't want anything bad to happen to Omega or anything like that, but I, I don't think we're going to be seeing any sort of, big live action like i don't think there's this huge need like we gotta get omega to like it's not like ahsoka you know we gotta get omega in live action everyone's dying to yeah. see that um yeah i just uh, i i don't think so either yeah i have to agree with john on this i don't think it's gonna happen james did you say it's not gonna happen i can't remember yeah okay then i agree with both of them uh we're agreeing today <laughs> you're like i agree john i'm like darn it <laughs> 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 um <laughs> i don't think they're gonna cross paths again I, I think you guys make good points it's a little confusing and like there's a lot of 
I mean, trying to explain to John Favreau, Omega, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. And then I mean, have, like, Dave probably knows what's going on with that. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it could happen. I don't think it will. Uh, um, last but not least, we wait, have. I saw, one, I saw a lot of mm-hmm. comments in our oh. chat about casting Omega. And do yes. you remember when this was going on and everybody was just putting Omega's like hair on Samara <laughs> yeah. Morrison? And they're like, live action, <laughs> Omega revealed. And it's like him it's fully like manly and everything. Norman Bates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Last but not least is Christian Morales, General Christian Morales. Thank you so much. Who asks, will Lucasfilm drop a surprise show on Disney Plus of any nature by the end of 2023? I'm assuming a surprise Star Wars show by the end of 2023. No. I'm going to start. No, I don't think they will. I think Disney doesn't like to do surprises. They have plans. They need to make money. They're hurting right now. There's going to be no surprises. They're going to give you ample notice. That's my thought. Guys? Mm. I I mean, I'll quickly say no, too, because I don't think Lucasfilm's capable of keeping that level of a surprise. And it's no offense to them, but look at what's happening. Look what happened today. With the photos Which, from the Acolyte. By the way, guys, you're talking in the comments and stuff about how are you guys going to discuss the Acolyte stuff. I haven't seen the photos. I don't want to see mm-hmm. the photos. I would like to go into that series fresh, personally. And if it hasn't been released by Lucasfilm or anybody, you know, big trade, I, I don't I don't want to see it. I want to be surprised, you know? I don't think the creators and producers and writers and Leslie Headland wanted people to see it this way. Yeah, I think that's how I feel. Yeah, we, we've talked about in-story spoiler stuff before and given warnings and stuff, but uh, in the past, but it, I don't I never really liked in-story spoilers. Now, if it comes to uh, uh, a trade reporting that this series is being made, that's different to me. That's interesting. I like that. I don't want to know that Luke Skywalker is showing up in chapter 16 of The Mandalorian, you know, so. Uh, I think we're going to try to stay away from talking about that type of stuff on the podcast. Um, but, but if uh, Lucasfilm releases official photos and stuff, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, I don't yeah, think, yeah. I don't think, I just don't think they're able to, to secretly make a show so, today and put it out. So I'm saying so, no. So here's the thing. So the question from Christian does say of any nature. So that includes animation and stuff, but I know that it doesn't go down and down and down and down. Cause we're not talking about, uh, Grogu and the and Zen, you know what I mean? That's like that's a short, that's not a show, you know. Mm-hmm. And even a show on Disney Plus, uh, technically kind of say visions, but I still don't really consider that a show since they're all separate. So the lowest tier show that they're releasing is probably like an animated show, like Bad Batch, for instance, right? And even those are released week to week. And if you're releasing shows week to week, it's not going to be a surprise. It's not going to be a Netflix drops a movie at midnight, you know, kind of thing. Uh, If it's going to be at that level, they are going to promote it. So a surprise dropping on Disney Plus of any nature is Mm -hmm. going to be a short or less, you know, or a short or in that realm, uh, no shows, no television shows, uh, live action. Maybe a gallery run. series for Mando. Yeah, like I mean, you're going to get 4th. like the Biodome stuff and they're like, surprise, it's May 4th. These just got revealed. And they're like, 
walkthroughs of sets and stuff they do that stuff that's fine but that's all shorts and it's not gonna be like this big canon story thing that they're revealing like surprise there's a new show it just right right 100 percent. all right guys well that's it for will of the force we're gonna head back to john all right well we want to thank everybody for listening watching being a part of trb um thank you all for your support as uh We've started this new channel um, and everyone who has been always listening on our podcast feeds. Um, we're getting close to milestones on both Apple and Spotify for ratings and reviews. So thank you for that. If you haven't yet and you have those two apps, uh, leave us a rating. A five-star review would be cool. Uh, and if you want to write a review, that's awesome too. Um, but most importantly, make sure you are subscribed where you prefer to take the podcast. So tomorrow, if you relate to the video version, of course, every day after these live shows the podcast is going to be on the podcast feed for you there as always kicking off your weekend early very nicely yes um but as far as the channel we have a lot of stuff that's exclusive to the channel so make sure you are subscribed to that as well youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast uh just hit subscribe put a notification and then all of our stuff that we're doing reactions reviews uh, the willow reviews all the other fun stuff we have going on on the channel will be there. So uh, as much TRB as you want. And uh, we appreciate it very, very much. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. And uh, I have a movie podcast called Just Like the Movies, where we just did Batman Returns. Uh, Christmas movie, believe it or not. But uh, I will ask James, where can people find that amazing Return of the Jedi clip you posted today? <laughs> uh, you can find it on Twitter and Instagram at my no you can find it just on twitter in at Meyer drunks he threw me off john because i was oh, gonna say yeah, yeah i don't yeah. believe you I don't believe you <laughs> about it being a christmas movie no twitter and instagram both at Meyer trunks is where you can find me all right Lacey. people can find me on twitter and instagram at Lacey gillern and on tiktok at it's Lacey gillern and we will be back on monday where we're going to have an episode all about Harrison Ford in Star Wars. Maybe a little Indiana Jones too, but we're going to be joined by our friends, the movie guys, Paul Preston and Adam Witt. So it's going to be just an awesome nerd fest all about Harrison Ford in Star Wars. So get ready for that. But most importantly, enjoy your weekends. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for loving Star Wars the way we love Star Wars. And we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.